Hello and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 56. Chris, uh, long time no see. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we just recorded this after our last um, interview with Brian Castle and you can listen to this a week after that one. So Yes, you for you the listener, a week has passed for us. Merely moments. <laughs> it's, uh, what, is, what is time? Uh, cool, let's jump right into it. Last week, I think we were talking about your uh, Acorn Chat plan of action. Uh, you had two features you were going to work on for 20 minutes each. You uh, had more explanation stuff on the homepage for 20 minutes each. Uh, you wanted to get the Slack app stuff done. And as a bonus, uh, you wanted to do documentation. Uh, do you have an update for us, Chris? <laughs> you already know the answer. Uh, I, I, I did nothing. <laughs> I did nothing because uh, I'll say I was still on vacation time. Yeah, I uh, my kids uh, were still off on break, and so they don't go back till tomorrow. And so I, I was, I did a lot of things that were not work. Um, yeah, and so that's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. I, I feel that that's that's totally fine. I am surprised though. Usually we're very in sync with this sort of thing. Like on weeks when both of us are super productive, it's usually like we're both talking about how productive we were. And on weeks when both of us are like in vacation mode, we're like, yeah, I, I didn't do anything. And this is an exception. I, I'm very excited to talk to you about my uh, uh, Won't You Be My Boss update. Uh, we, we got some stuff going. Uh, you mentioned the Kaggle competition. Is this the uh, crypto bro thing? Uh, nope. Something else? Oh, what's, yeah, what's this no, one? I think I mentioned this one. This is where you have uh, dog and cat pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's trying to predict how basically how likely they are to get clicks on a pet adoption website. Yeah. Um, I, um, th there's an interesting lesson here, uh, business lesson and just a general project lesson that, uh, because I was, I was trying, so I knew what other people were doing because they were talking about it in the discussion forums. And I said, well, I'm not going to get any better if I just do what they're doing. So I have to do mm. other things. So I was trying lots of different other things and I was like trying to go fast because the competition ends in a, you know, a couple weeks. And I was like, just sort of throwing things at the wall. I'm like, I, well, I think it's about this way and whatever. And I wasn't really getting anywhere. And so I just, I slowed way down. And I went back to what they were doing and started mm. with, you know, gradual experimenting and then things started working. And so it's, it was a lesson in that, like, sometimes you just, if you slow down, then things start going better. And so I was trying to go fast and I was getting nowhere and then I slowed down and actually started, things started working. Um, so yeah, if you go, go slow to go fast was the, the lesson of this week. That is an adage that I heard from the climbing community, but I, I think mm. it came to the climbing community from the military. Uh, which is slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And in the context of climbing, this will be said if someone's freaking out, like, you know, it's going to rain in an hour and you still have three pitches left and you're strapped to the side of this mountain. And you're, you're, if your gear gets wet, that's much worse. Uh, and so people start being like, all right, we've got to hurry. Uh, the thing to say to someone in that situation is slow is smooth, smooth is fast. The fastest way to get to the top is to like stay steadily at the pace that you're going because the worst thing that can happen is you're trying to rush through something and then you forget to clip a carabiner and then calamity yeah. happens and now you're much further behind than you would have been before. Um, and I'm also reminded of something else of... I don't have a, I don't have as uh, clear of a moniker for this one, but this idea that like if you don't know the next step forward, if you, if you don't know what to do, if the path is uncertain, copying what other people have done until you get enough lay of the land to understand those decisions and develop your own opinions on it is the best strategy that that like it's if the only thing you do is just replicate what someone else has done merely by going through the act of that you'll notice things of like oh i'm curious why they did, they did it this way um but it's it's worthwhile to to go on that main track first and then develop your own taste and uh ideas of how you would do things differently um and it 
sounds like that's what you did. How, what, what were the results of uh, redoing things slowly and smoothly? Yeah, actually, exactly what you talked about just happened to me, too. Because I, I had sort of the opposite problem that I had, like, 30 different ideas about what to do. And so I thought, okay, I need to, like, blitz through these and try them all and see kind of what works. And then when I slowed down and did what other people already knew to be good, I realized, like, half of those didn't make any sense because of particular things. And so, mm -hmm. like, I didn't have to do half of those experiments because I could just, like, once I actually understood what the baseline was, then I could just throw away half of them without even thinking about it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I ended up with. Uh, yeah, so the competition's not over yet. It still has two weeks. I have essentially replicated what other people have done, which is good. And I still have some of the other things. I, I got pretty good with my flailing around. And so I can combine my pretty good with what other people have done and still get pretty good, I think. Um, mm. So yeah, so right now I'm sitting like in the top, in the top third, but doing not very well. Um, but I have locally um, some results, which I think will push me to hopefully the top, the top 10% is what I'm shooting for. So we will sweet see. that's i i don't want to understate this like this is amazing that you're able to solve such abstract crazy problems at the forefront of what's happening like i i feel like i'm hearing some sort of like dejection in your voice of like ah top 10 percent <laughs> but like that's amazing you're, this is like globally the number of people who have ever been able to solve problems like this is incredibly low uh, like you are playing in this arena of being able to recognize how cute dog pictures are <laughs> with an artificial brain. That's amazing. Uh, it's it's I'm consistently uh, impressed by the sorts of things you're able to do with uh, math. It's it's really cool. Yeah, as always, you are more excited about it <laughs> than I am. <laughs> Probably because I mean I I recognize this in software too. Like the stuff we do with software is basically magic. But when Miracles. you're this yeah, but when you're this close to it, it's like. Oh, I got another bug and I got to do whatever. But if yeah, you just yeah. take a step back, it's like, you know, you're doing things with computers that, that were not possible a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that perspective, uh, especially since I spent the last week debugging, you know, why my learning rate is not affecting my, my <laughs> loss like I wanted to, and whatever. So, yeah. yeah. I grew up being obsessed with the Harry Potter franchise. And I remember every night just like staying up way too late reading these books especially you know the night that it came out and i would i would go to bed just like wishing with my heart of hearts like i wish i could be in this world where you can do things like you know send a message to someone anywhere in the world with an owl and it shows up there and, and you can like record a like a sort of hologram of yourself actually talking and it gets there or like you know develop a spell that can like change the structure of how things are working and moving and like you know make a spell that makes a system of you know food can just magically appear and like that's the world we're living in <laughs> like <laughs> everyone we don't have we don't call them wands yeah. but everyone has a smartphone that's yep. capable of doing these spells and like most people don't know how to develop the spells but we're some of those people and it's amazing <laughs> like i man it's uh, it, it's so interesting. Like the 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 attitude of wizards in the Harry Potter world really frustrated me because I was like, how could you live in this world and not just be continually smitten with just how astounding it is that you're able to do these things? And I get it because it's just <laughs> normal if you're living in that world. Like people aren't walking around every day like 
Look at this incredible thing in my pocket. I can take a photograph of you and it will I can share it instantly with the entire world because you know that that person would be psychotic <laughs> so like you're, you're expected to to look at everyday miracles as normal after a certain point but like man I I never want to lose that. I never want to forget how incredible it is the the stuff that we're able to do. Uh it's really cool. I prefer this world to the Harry Potter world. Yeah, um, I have a whole like essay style blog post. I don't think I ever published it about how basically computers are like the world of Harry Potter. And it's like I remember doing the same thing, reading Harry Potter, and it's like, you mean you could change into animals? I would do all because uh, I would spend all my time learning how to change into animals. And like, what am I? What am I missing in the computer world? You know, what what should I be spending all my time doing? Which is basically magic. Uh, and you know, I'm not I'm not spending all my time. Also, um, Louis C.K. who has sort of been canceled now, but he, he has a great uh, interview with I think Conan or something where he's like. Uh, people in a plane when they learn about wi- air Wi-Fi in a plane, and then yeah. the Wi-Fi goes down, and they're like, "Ah, oh, there's Wi-Fi." It's like you're in the sky, <laughs> flying through the air <laughs> like a bird. <laughs> you should be happy. Um, yeah, I sort of feel that way with computers sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I want to always appreciate uh when i have wi-fi in the sky yeah it's it's amazing it's uh really cool and you're on the forefront of that you're pushing us forward you're doing stuff that no one has been able to do before um except for everyone really cool. above me on the leaderboard except for everyone above you on the, okay <laughs> calm down there have been some leaderboards you've been at the top of and you still have some time in this competition it's very likely that you may be able to to get to the top of this one uh That's and true. if not like the things you learn in this will help uh apply it to other things uh cool i would love to jump into my stuff unless you have anything else uh, i don't I, oh I, I have one more thing which yes. is in doing this this is the first big vision competition that i've done and i maxed out my computer and graphics card that i bought uh. <laughs> and i started looking at prices for new computers yes. and graphics cards. <laughs> spend more money <laughs> i don't oh man i don't i i there's a new graphics card out which has double the ram that mine does uh, and I can get a computer with double the RAM that mine does. So I, uh, I didn't. I have 64 gigs of RAM in a server, and I didn't okay. think that I would max it out, and I easily hit the max. Amazing. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> That's the only update I have. I don't know. Well, you know what talking to me about it will lead you to. Yeah, so. I do. I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, 64 gigs. I, I saw that option when I was ordering this MacBook, and I was like, Dude, how? What, what? 64 gigs? I don't need that much. Or maybe it was 33. No, I think I think I could have gotten this one with sixty four. You can go to sixty four, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I was like, I, I don't think I've ever maxed out the RAM. And part of that is that I'm not doing as much of the machine learning stuff. That's I'd like to be getting into more of that. Part of my justification for buying this laptop was like, ah, with the GPU, think of how much better I could do machine learning stuff. But I uh, haven't actually gotten there yet. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're probably going to get it. Ah, <laughs> I'm not even going to push you a little bit uh cool i have three things i'd like to talk about uh i have a uh progress update on the dropbox api upgrade that was due on the first uh we're currently recording this on the third i have a won't you be my boss update uh that i'm optimistic about and i would like to introduce a new segment to the show called dude where's my laptop oh no (laughs) oh no (laughs) uh so stay tuned, folks. <laughs> uh, we'll start with the Dropbox API upgrade for a little backstory. This is a API upgrade that the, the way Dropbox handles OAuth changed slightly. Instead of having a long-lived access token, 
they had refresh tokens. They're, they're, they're switching to refresh tokens, and when you use the refresh token to get a new access token, that can expire. And once it expires, you need to go and, and get a new access token. Uh, pretty straightforward upgrade. Uh, just like the, the code for authenticating Dropbox needed to change a little bit, and I needed to store the token in a slightly different way. And uh, then when I'm at getting the token, I needed a little extra logic of like, okay, check first if it's expired, and if it's expired, then refresh it first. Problem is, I have a lot of ADHD tendencies, and so procrastinated this out the wazoo. It, it, it was originally due in September, and like two days before <laughs> September, I uh, or no, it was it was at the end of September uh, that it was first due, and so I was in Europe. And I was working a little bit and I was, you know, like two days before the deadline while I'm in Rome. And I was like, there's no way this is going to get done. So I messaged Dropbox and was like, hey, can I have an extension on this for another month? Uh, please. Uh, otherwise, my app's not going to work. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, no problem. We'll give you uh, an extension to the end of the year. And I was like, ah, oh, end of the year. I can just forget about this. That's, that's so far in the future. It doesn't exist. So, of course, what happened was, uh, you know, December 15th-ish comes around, and I'm like, oh, didn't I have something due by the end of the year? Ah, it's this project. Let me let me uh, go ahead and do that. So I'm really proud of how I structured it, and I tried a new experiment where I was uh, live-tweeting my progress after, like, every palm or two, and uh, started tweeting progress bars of, like, the very first palm was spent in outlining the entire thing and me just thinking meticulously, like every step I could have thought of at that moment, I, I wrote down in the spreadsheet verbosely of like, you know, at this stage, check to make sure that the OAuth thing works and that's its own separate check mark. And then after you've checked that, you know, check to check the database to make sure that uh, it got saved in the right way. And then, uh, you know, check that the refresh part of it works. Um, and came up with something like uh, 20 to-do items of different things I needed to do and then started working on them. And the very first one was really hard. The very first one was just like, get your app running again, uh, which I hadn't done on this laptop. And the last time I did it period was like six months ago. So that was kind of hard. And I had to like reinstall Postgres and, and Redis and everything else. But then a whole bunch of the other ones fell really easily. And I was like, ooh, I'm already at 40% just after two palms. This is gonna be a piece of cake. And I'm already 10 days ahead of schedule. And then it started getting tricky because the the core problem of like, swap out the authentication tokens was pretty straightforward. And that problem, I was able to foresee the, the complexity in that really easily. However, uh, actually pushing that to the servers turned into this can of worms of like, I was trying to push to servers that I hadn't pushed to in no joke a year, mm -hmm. uh, that they had just been stable running the same version of the, the app and running the same version of Doku and, and uh, Ubuntu, uh, just sort of puttering along. And I'm really glad that I went through the crisis uh, a couple weeks ago of uh, one of the servers shutting down because that had me like retouch all of the different parts of my app and re-remember what the architecture is. So I was able to explode this, what was before this one line thing of, oh, deploy your app that, <laughs> that ballooned into like, you know, twice the number of checklists that the entire, uh, entire project was. Um, and turned into now, you know, I, I went through and uh, reinstalled Doku and refreshed some things. And now I'm at a point where all of my servers are running Ubuntu 18. All of them are running the most recent version of Doku. All of them have the most recent version of the app. And for me to deploy is now just a, a single checkbox. So that's going to make 
future development much easier. Uh, but it was really interesting to see that like the, the the graph of the progress bar over time was like it starts at zero and then it drastically shot up to like 60% and then it dropped down to like 45% again and then it was straight back up. And uh, this is an important lesson that I'd like to remember for the future that like there's no way for me to to know what those unknown unknown things are the yes in this instance it was deploying was a tricky step but uh that that wasn't something that i thought to plan for and i think is a part of every project so uh interesting lessons learned yep yeah i saw that on twitter and you were doing it in a thread so i was like wait did i miss a did i these out of order or what and i was like oh no this is this is classic software which is (laughs) as you go further your progress drops lower um yeah so uh yeah just we're relearning all sorts of lessons this week but, but that's great that's great so you got it you got it all done right so it's all launched and everything yeah, yeah. awesome yeah it so, feels really good yeah uh and now that you've now that you've done this now that you can deploy with a thing with one command is there still an advantage to going serverless are you still excited for that or are you going to coast on this for a while for sure and mm-hmm. my core motivation for that is this is a really rusty code base uh mm-hmm. like the to to if I was going to put in a new feature, like it would be hard. Okay. And I have not been working in the land of rails for a while. So things that I'm thinking like, ah, reactive Firebase, this is trivially easy. Like I'd have to relearn, okay, how does action cable work? And additionally, uh, now that I fixed the, uh, cloud, Cloudflare, Cloudflare, mm-hmm. uh, monitoring and, and splitting between different servers and things, I'm getting notifications that this app is crashing just all the time. And hmm. that's a DevOps problem that I have zero interest in solving that I don't think it makes sense for me to spend my time solving. The easy thing to do would be, well, just deploy it on Heroku. That's, I think that's what I would do if uh, I was going to stick with the Rails code base. But my advantage right now is I'm really well-versed in this serverless Firebase architecture. I think that's a really good way to scale this thing. Um, and everything that I've thrown at Firebase so far, I, I have this feeling that it's rock solid, that like if it goes down there's nothing I can do and I'm okay with that because it doesn't go down very often. Right. And like, if I just architect it in the right way, I've removed the need to think about DevOps. Um, so then just a, a whole category of problems is going to go away that I feel like is a category of problems that's been holding me back from marketing. Like we've talked about this before, but in the back of my head, anytime I do something with marketing, those, your server has crashed notifications go through my head of like, Ooh, that's a problem that I still haven't solved that like more people using this app would make that problem worse. So actually, do I really want more people to be using this? Uh, maybe I'm going to go work on something completely unrelated instead. Um, so yeah, that, that, that needs to happen. Uh, and very good question. Cool. I think that brings us to what you be my boss, which is all about increasing the MRR, <laughs> increasing the number of people on file inbox. So yes, uh, what did you get up to with that this week? Yes. Uh, won't you be my boss? You gave me... Four, uh, you, you assigned me four palms of work. Those four palms were uh, contact your virtual assistant and push it forward. The second one was identify which customers pay you the most for the least amount of effort. Um, the third was make a list of the places where those people hang out. And the fourth was experiment with ads and purchase at least one. So let's go through those one by one. Uh, okay. First, contact virtual assistant and push it forward. That took about 15 seconds. And I'm embarrassed <laughs> that it took so little. Uh, but I sent an email and was like, hey, sorry, I dropped the ball on this. Uh, could we start as soon as possible? I got a response to that email this morning. 
and spent another 20 seconds uh, re- responding to that. So theoretically, the new start date is the, I think the, I think the 10th, uh, like next week. And in the new form that I filled out, I was much clearer of like, okay, these are the jobs that I need you for. And I'm like, you're going to need to do customer support. That's going to be the full-time thing for a while. Um, and then maybe some uh, like customer outreach stuff. Um, and I had a third one that I've forgotten now, but like the, the customer support is the main thing that I need them for. Uh, having talked with Brian also, like that's a very clear place where I can be spending money to, to make this business better. Like mm. that's, that's another category of thing that's holding me back of, I kind of don't want this business to get bigger because that would mean more customer support emails. And yeah. I really don't like those. So if I just am throwing money at the problem instead, it would feel much better uh, growing the business. So that, that was palm number one. Uh, didn't take me a full palm and uh, push it forward. And that's that, now happening. That was, by the way, exactly the intended effect. That was. Good. <laughs> I thought it would take about a minute. It sounded about right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Makes sense from your perspective too. <laughs> like, yeah. If, that that is a meaningful place to push forward. Uh, yeah, so good job. That was, that was a good assignment to, to do. Uh, second, uh, identify which customers pay me the most for the least amount of effort. I had tried to do this in bits and pieces several times. So it was really easy to do this picking up the work that I'd already done. Like I had this spreadsheet of uh, all of my customers with their website that I had hired my sister to go through and like assign an industry to each, to each one. So uh, I actually had a lot of fun with this. I spent way more than a palm on it because <laughs> I was doing like data analysis and stuff that I did not need to do uh, yeah. of figuring out information that I already knew. But then I got got a little bit of surprising information too. So the my customer base is still very fragmented and there, there's some big segments of things that don't quite fit together. Like there's, there's kind of just like generally people involved in finance. Uh, and some of those are much more specific of like wealth management companies. Uh, that, that's something I could target or like mortgage lenders. That's a thing I could target or like accountants. That's a thing I could target. But the w- I, I had two rise to the top and then I, I picked the one that made the more sense. The, the two that rose to the top were uh, small legal offices because mm-hmm. um, it feels like it'd be really easy to find them and they're really good customers and they have really small files and sign printers who we've talked about uh, on the show before. And of those two, I chose sign printers because uh, there's less minutia in like, they're not as worried about security and they're not as worried about like, do I have this specific uh, uh, certification or, or something for the files? Um, and places like ShareFile, I think are doing a good job of uh, targeting those things. And like they have all the certifications and for more of that professional financial sector, uh, which is not to say I don't, want to also target them part of this the reason i spent so much time on it is like if i had assigned myself this task i would have just this is where i would have fell in the hole and just lost (laughs) everything because man so many like uh, part of this is i have to look at my customer database and be like okay who who's paid me the most and you know i see someone at the top who's paid me like you know four thousand dollars and I look at it and it's a customer who's churned. And now I feel mm. this guilt of like, oh my God, maybe if I had re- replied to their emails, they, they wouldn't have churned. And I'd, you know, MRR would have been so much higher. Uh, but uh, thinking of framing this as like, okay, this is a thing I'm doing, playing this game with Chris. Uh, it was much easier to push forward and be like, okay, what's, what's the core thing I'm trying to accomplish here? I just am trying to identify a segment. That's all I'm trying to do. Okay, that, that helped me uh, get ahead of it. Um, so uh, result of palm number two was uh, sign printers. And the next palm was make a list of places where they hung out. 
Uh, I also cheated on this because I had looked, uh, I had done this before with sign printers. So I, <laughs> I uh, looked up my old document and had a list right there of all the places they hang out. And I was like, all right, cool. We can kind of like mix this palm with the next palm of uh, finding an ad. So I went to this forum that's like, it's like signprinters.net or something. Uh, really clunky, old, but like still active. People are still mm-hmm. on this uh, using stuff. And they have a button that says uh, advertisements that has this little drop down and you can buy an ad on their site. So in this 25 minute palm, uh, I was like, okay, let me see if I can buy an ad. And it's like old school banner ad. They tell you the dimension, yes. dimensions of the ad and it's just a single image. And I was like, this is perfect. And it's a hundred dollars <laughs> for a month. Amazing. Uh, and I tried to click the buy button and it didn't work. And I was like, oh, that's the problem. Okay. Well, I only have 17 minutes left. Let me try to get something done. So I hit the contact form on the website and I was like, hey, I'm trying to buy an ad and, and it's not working. And I was like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to get a response to that for another week. Uh, so in the meantime, let me turn off my ad blocker and see if I can figure out anything else about this page. Uh, like I wasn't seeing the banner ads on that site mm, yeah. uh, by being on it. And when I turned it off, I noticed that they had banner ads, but they were from Google. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe the reason this isn't working is that they switched the systems to just use Google ads, but they like haven't updated this page. So, okay, for me to check off this box of, like, I bought an ad specifically for this niche, maybe the only thing I need to do is, like, have a new kind of Google ad specifically targeted towards the sign printers. So I uh, went on Google uh, AdWords, and it's, like, there's, like, 12 minutes left, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> down to the wire. I really want to finish this. Uh, and I was able to purchase a banner ad that I think will show up on that site. Uh, I don't think I did that well because at no point in that process did I specify it's for sign printers mm. and the language on the ad is sort of generic. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how that works. Um, and cherry on top, uh, at the very end of the palm, I checked my email and had a response from the admin of the sign printers done that site. And he was like, which one would you like? I'll send you an invoice, uh, and just email me the graphic. Awesome. Uh, so yes, that's an easy win for next time. Uh, that went really well, and I'm really happy. And I haven't looked up MRR. I don't know if it went up or down, but it's the first time we're doing this. I, <laughs> I, like I did this, you know, an hour ago. So yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I would love your feedback, and uh, I would love future assignments for ways to grow my MRR. Um, that is great. It worked. It went exactly like I had hoped and, and thought it would, uh, which is it took you less time than I thought. Uh, then you thought these are things you wanted to do anyway but at, like the one of the things I heard you say was like you did it because you wanted to beat the time and it wasn't great but you just did it and that's exactly what you have to do sometimes like yeah. like you just just do it right yeah uh, which I didn't do so I'm talking to myself too, but, <laughs> but um, yeah so I think that went that that went uh, that went great and yeah I mean I wouldn't expect MRR to go up right away but this is a kind of long game so yeah cool thank you for the feedback yes I agree it felt really good that like I had this other thing to focus on it's in moments when I could feel myself sliding down this hole of like ah <laughs> you're a piece of garbage you, you should have been doing this months ago uh, I was able to reframe and focus on like okay no we're just playing this game of I just have to get this thing done and, and push forward uh, cool I would love four more assignments for things to do this next week that's great because I I already have them in my head yes <laughs> what, what you got all right. Uh, the first one um, okay. is sort of a longer term play, and that is um, I would like you to write one article for your site. It could be short. 
okay. all about how sign printers um, can use your file, you know, whatever problems you noticed by going to the sign printer forum, you mm. know, pick one of them and say, this is how my software solves that problem, basically. Um, and then, and this is kind of the critical part, figure out, like you may have to do some research, but figure out how Google wants to index that. So I think it involves like maybe a sitemap or you have to put this as a link in a footer. Like it, it doesn't have to be a prominent page on your website, but Google has to know how to get to it. Mm. So that's palm one. And, and I expect, you know, almost zero results from that. But if you do it, then maybe, you know, maybe you have benefits in six months. Cool. Um, okay. Number two is uh, you have sign printers. Uh, I would like you to reach out to, uh, I'm struggling how to, how to focus this palm because my next two are going to be talk to two sign printers. <laughs> so yes. like your next two palms are talk to two. So this one is develop the list and send out the email so that you can talk to two. Um, you know, I expect the, re the response rate to be less than 10%. So you probably have to send 20 emails maybe. Um, so yeah, so, so palm two is send out maybe 20 emails, however many you need to get two responses. And then palms three and four are talk to two, two sign printers uh, with the deploy empathy framework in mind. That's the, the key. So ask them the same questions you ask me if you want to, and just see what they have to say. You're, you're too good. You're too good. Okay. <laughs> I'm uh, talking to myself as, as much as you. <laughs> of course. Uh, okay. You, I would like clarification on palm number two, send 20 sure. emails to sign printers. Are those existing customers or are those um, printers? However, I can get them. That is a good question. Um, my, my thought was new people that aren't customers. Um, but you could also send it to one of your newer sign printer customers. So like some of those questions are like, you know, how did you hear about me? And, you know, why did you choose me over someone else? So, you know, a, an easy way to do it would get at one of your existing newer, but existing customers and, and one person who's not your customer. Yeah. Cool. That sounds so doable and having it written out here especially playing this game of I'm just going to do whatever you tell me to do. Uh, so easy. Yeah, good. Uh, for the, on palm number one, uh, you uh, wanted to include, like, how does Google want to index that? Uh, do you include it in a sitemap? That's actually a problem I've solved. Uh, there's oh, a sitemap.xml. I think it's at filemos.com slash sitemap.xml that all of my articles are automatically included in. I think. I'll, I'll double check that. Uh, and then also I have, like, an article index page that stuff gets picked up on. Uh, cool. So, cool. And that sounds it, great. It kind of defeats a purpose to tell you before, but the whole purpose of that POM is not the article, although that's that's one of the outputs. It's to get you back into the, the frame of mind of, like, you can produce content and put it in a way that Google can find it, and then people yes. will find it on Google. You know, it's like, yep. yeah, that's the purpose yep. of that. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and then that can be the article that I link to for my $100 ad. Sure. Uh, that I do on the sign printers. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add that as a bonus tag for myself. Uh, link to that page for banner ad. Cool. That sounds great. Uh, I have no further questions. I'm excited. I'm good. Uh, good tie-in with the deploy empathy uh, framework. That's that's what we just talked about. We're on my mind. Very excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, cool. That's that's the won't you be my boss segment. Uh, now for the the moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> uh, dude, where's my laptop? Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's that's the sound I'm gonna hear a couple a couple of times in this story. Uh, so off the heels of me getting my car stolen, I thought uh, I have this new MacBook. I have my old MacBook. Uh, I'd like to remove some clutter from my life. 
uh, Sarah has expressed that she doesn't want this laptop, so I'm going to sell it on Facebook Marketplace, which is a thing I did last year with my last laptop. Went great. Got a bunch of cash. Uh, did a handoff like in a uh, gas station and felt super comfy and then, you know, had like whatever, $1,200 that I could use for buying things in cash for the next two years. So I uh, cleaned up the laptop. I posted it on Facebook Marketplace did all the software reset and stuff and thought, okay, this, this is probably going to be a pretty long process. And uh, I wasn't sure how much to sell it for. So I said, ah, I'll just do like 20% off of what I bought it for, which ended up being a lot more than I thought it, it was $1,704. Hmm. And I wanted to do kind of the odd price because Chris Voss has never split the difference. He's like, this is a better uh, bargaining tactic. And I was surprised the very next day to have someone reach out to me and be like, hey, is your laptop still for sale? And I said, yes, it is. Uh, when can you pick it up? Uh, and he said, well, I'm in Dallas. Uh, could we do the handoff there? And I was like, actually, yes, that's that's fine with me. My girlfriend lives in uh, around Dallas. Uh, so yeah, we could do that. Uh, where would you like to meet? And he said, could we meet at this address? And I looked up the address and it was a Taco Bell. And I was like, huh, well, I could meet at the Taco Bell. I'd rather meet at the gas station because like, I've done that before. I'm familiar with it. So I said, could we meet at the 7-Eleven uh, right down the road? And he said, sure. And I was like, great. This sounds great. How would you like to pay? I prefer cash because uh, I know there are, are like PayPal scams and stuff and I'm not quite sure how those work, but you know, I, I would also accept crypto and uh, if you wanted to do Venmo, I'm, I feel pretty comfortable with Venmo. And he said, uh, I'd like to pay in cash. And I said, great, this is working out well. This is fantastic. <laughs> and you're not negotiating a price, like fantastic. Uh, when would you like to meet? And he's like, how about this day? And I'm like, uh, yes, perfect. So the day comes around and it's like an hour before we're supposed to meet. And I say, hey, uh, are we still good for the time? Uh, I need... I need to know like a half an hour before so I can go out. And he said, oh, I'm having some car trouble. So it's going to be a, a, a little bit of time. So I'm like, hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. Car trouble is a thing that uh, people who don't have all their stuff together have. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> people maybe who don't have $1,700 in cash uh, would have. But, you know, flipping laptops is a thing. So maybe that's maybe that's something he's doing. I'm, that, that's fine. So I'm like, okay, you know, no worries. Like uh, we, we can reschedule. So we end up bumping it out a, a little bit, and, uh, but still land on the time that we're both going to be there. So I get there and uh, I'm waiting for a few minutes. And he says, hey, my wife and kids are in the bathroom at the Taco Bell. Uh, could we actually change locations to here? And I was like, hmm, you wanted to meet at the Taco Bell originally. Uh, no. I'm going to wait here. Uh, so I sent a message back that said, no worries. I'm, I'm, I have time. Uh, you know, however much time your wife and kids need to pee, uh, it's, I can I can wait here. Uh, so a couple minutes later, uh, I see someone waving at my door. And I'm like, ah, clearly this must be the person. So I rolled down my window and I said, hi, are you Marquise? And he said, it's Marcus, actually. Uh, it was spelled M-A-R-Q-U-I-S. And I was like, uh, great. Uh, here's the laptop and I take it out of the box and I open it and he's like, does it have a password? And I said, no, I, I factory reset it like we talked about. So, uh, th there's no password. And he's like, uh, great. Uh, and so I put it back in the box and he hands me the envelope and like has his other hand open to, to get the laptop. And I was like, uh, oh, okay. This is, this is where I need to be kind of, uh, uh, a stickler. And I said, could you, could you count it? And he was like, oh yeah. And he, he takes the money out and it's a wad of hundred dollar bills. And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, and he starts counting it, uh, and he's like, I have 16. How much was it? And I said, at 17.04. And like, okay, I'm, I'm going to hold this hard line because he's not going to play this game with me. So uh, he's like, oh, okay. So he uh, picks up his phone and uh, he says to the person on the phone, hey, do you have another dollar? And I'm like, whoa, this baller. Like, I'm, he did not misunderstand me that like it's that it was one more dollar. He's calling a $100 bill a dollar? That's cool. Uh, okay. 
and so he says like okay hold on i need to i need to go uh can, can you wait here and i'm like yeah of course uh so he goes and i'm trying to figure out on the tesla like i'd like to be paranoid and you know have the the camera on this and i'm parked right in front of two cameras pointed at me from the 7-eleven so i'm feeling pretty comfy there but i was like ah this would be kind of cool if if something happens like I, i've got the the tesla uh cameras engaged and that's kind of complicated because the car needs to be in drive so i put the car in drive hoping that it would record but I, I wasn't quite sure it was it was recording uh so he comes back and he's got the envelope and i'm like okay clearly he just went and got another dollar otherwise he wouldn't be doing this so like I don't need him to count it again, but I'm, I'm going to count it uh, when we do it. So he hands me the uh, the cash, and he's got his other hand out for the laptop. And I think, okay, this feels safe, and we trade one for one, and then I'm going to count it, and we'll be good. So as I'm doing that exchange, I say, can you wait here a second so I can count it? And I look down, and I open up the envelope, and I take one of the bills out, and it is obviously fake. It is <laughs> printed on printer paper. Uh, and it takes me a second to register just like, this feels weird. <laughs> like, this is not how money feels. Oh, no. And I look up, and he is walking away, uh, like, behind the car. And then I'm like, oh, no. And then he rounds oh, the corner no. and starts sprinting away. Yeah. So I'm like, I am certainly about to lose a $1,700 laptop. This sucks. But let's see what happens. So I gun it on the tesla uh thank you elon musk for the uh 4.3 uh second zero to 60 acceleration and i whip around this corner and i catch up to him and i lay on the horn and he starts running faster and he's running through bushes and like a bunch of people are looking at us and then uh we, we get to this intersection and i'm still i'm right behind him uh just laying on the horn and then he cuts across a bunch of traffic and i'm like shoot i can't follow him there like he's he's going towards a target uh, so I'm thinking like, okay, I have to get there. I'm on the right side of this intersection. So I'm going to need to turn right and then make a U-turn and then go back in. And like, I'm, I'm not going to, he's going to be hiding in the target or something like this. This is gone. When, who do I see when turning right, but a, uh, character that will become increasingly important in this story, <laughs> officer Matthew McLean <laughs> driving in his cruiser, coming back the other way, not, you know. 20 seconds after this crime had taken place so i rolled down my window and i'm waving at him and i'm like hey that guy in the white sweater just tried to buy my laptop in fake money and officer mclean this this legend is like hold on <laughs> so uh he he like zooms ahead and it's a red light and i'm like oh geez okay and uh, but i like make a u-turn so I'm, I'm now like right behind officer mclean uh, and I'm like, what do I do now? I'm just like feeling jittery. Like my hands are shaking. Uh, I take a picture of the, the police car in front of me and I send it in the group message that, uh, that we had been communicating. Uh, me and, and Marcus had been talking, uh, on, on Facebook marketplace. And, uh, I'm like, maybe this will scare him. And, uh, uh, like maybe he'll be surprised that I was able to get an officer, uh, this quickly. So, uh, we cross the intersection, we get to the target parking lot and, Officer McLean is like making really slow laps of the parking lot and I'm like did he not did he not understand what I said like did I miscommunicate the information or like should I call 911 like is he trying to lose me is he like is he just like bothered by this uh so he makes a lap and makes another lap and makes another lap and I'm like there's no this like okay this is going to be just like my car it's going to be gone and 
maybe they'll be able to find it by the serial number or something, but maybe it'll be sold for pieces and this kind of sucks. Uh, and we get to the end of a row and he turns left and a car cuts right in front of me. So I'm like, okay, you know, he, Officer McLean is like still going. So I'm like, does he even care that I'm following him? Like, I'm, I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to be doing. Is he trying to lose me? Uh, so I turn left after the traffic clears and I pull up to where the car is and I'm surprised to see that the door is open. And I'm like, oh, he got out of his car and I look a little bit to the left and I see Officer McLean there with a gun in his hand pointing at the ground about 10 feet in front of him and i'm like oh that's interesting maybe he was on a different assignment and like he's caught the guy for that case and i look at where his gun is pointing and it's the guy yeah. it's it's marcus in his white sweater on the ground with his hands above his head saying i didn't do nothing and there's a there's another woman in the parking lot who's uh who's filming this and he's like he didn't he said he didn't do nothing what police saw his on black people what's going on uh and so i i yell across to officer mclean like that's the guy like you got him that's that's him uh so like a minute later there's like four additional cop cars um something interesting was while officer matthew mclean my hero uh was pointing his gun at marcus on the ground uh he said they said you had a gun which I thought was very interesting. It's like, that's mm. a good line uh, to, to like get out of someone if they do have a gun. Uh, I, I didn't say anything about a gun, but I, I thought that was uh, a clever thing. So I uh, pull around and uh, at Officer McLean's direction, and he gets a little bit more of my information. And he's like, you said he tried to pay you with fake bills? And I was like, yeah, here it is. I hand him the envelope. And he, he pulls one out, and he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh at first i'm hearing marcus like i didn't do anything i don't know nothing and you know with four police officers around you and your hands behind your back in handcuffs like he cracked real quick (laughs) uh and then that turned into like you know he he knew where the laptop was but he wasn't going to tell him and then he told him where it was and they sent someone out to go check it. it i felt so cool it felt like i was in a movie like there, there were all these uh. police like one of them went into the target to check the video cameras like we're gonna see if he got it you know ditch it somewhere in the target and another one was like where were you the 7-eleven let, let me go over there and see if there's anything over there and what path did he take uh it, it was just it was so cool um and then they go to the place where he said it was and they check and they're like we think he's playing games with us and, and it's not there and he keeps asking us about uh, you know, if he tells us where it is, if that if that like incriminates him, and if he's going to get charges. So, we would like to know from you: Do you care more about getting your laptop back, uh, and you'd like to cut a deal with him of like, you know, that if he tells you where the laptop is, you're not going to press charges, or would you like to press charges? And I'm like, man, I honestly don't know. I've never been in this position before. Like, I sure would like to get that laptop back. But at the same time, it feels kind of selfish that I would do that and then let this guy go. And then he's able to do this again to someone else tomorrow. So I would take your advice. And uh, Officer McLean was very good about, like, not uh, – he, he didn't – I didn't feel like he was pushing any sort of agenda on me. Like, I, I was able to just, like, sit there. And I was messaging Sarah the whole time, like, grappling with this moral dilemma. Um, so, you know, he's, it's probably been like half an hour at this point since, uh, Marcus found out that's not his actual name. Uh, they had his driver's license. They were like, this is is just a fake name. Yeah. Um, but they're like, okay, he wants to go show us where the laptop is. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) is he going to try to escape? Like, that'd be real dumb, uh, (laughs) with like three officers, uh, with you. And, uh, officer McLean comes to my car a couple minutes later and is like, they found it. It was under a dumpster, uh, close to where he said it was actually and we, we just have to like get a pull to fish it out and a couple minutes after that he handed me my laptop back and i was just like this is amazing and police are so cool <laughs> so i this is like i feel like i was in a movie uh this is incredible 
Um, and he asks me, would you like to press charges? And I said, absolutely. Uh, and the man, just like seeing that, that swift deliverance of justice was incredible. So the next day I'm, I'm telling people about this and they're like, that's amazing. And just the more I think about it, the more like how, like from the moment the crime happened to the moment he was in handcuffs, like was maybe two minutes. It was, it was incredible. Um, so I'm, I'm the next day just feeling like, how, how can I express my thankfulness? Like this, this is such a different story than the, than the car that got stolen where I felt like I had to dig through this bureaucratic nonsense. Like I had a problem and then I, there was a police officer right there and then I asked him to help me and then he did and he caught the guy and he got my laptop back. So I called up, I tracked down like the, the department he works for and I called him up and was like, Hey, this thing happened and it was awesome. Uh, I'd love to like buy lunch if that's a thing that's okay to do. And the guy who answered the phone at first was like, oh, you'll need to talk to a supervisor about that. Call back in an hour. So I said, okay. So I call back in an hour and uh, I'm like, hey, I need to talk to a supervisor about a case. And they're like, okay, hold on. Uh, so they transfer me and uh, this this really brusque guy answers the phone and he's like, oh, what's the problem? And I'm like, uh, well, I had a case yesterday for a stolen laptop and it was awesome. He <laughs> was able to get my laptop back. Uh, and the supervisor just like immediately softens and he's like, that's so nice to, you know, we don't get a lot of positive feedback. That's just, what was the case number? And I, I told him the case number and he was like, ah, oh, officer McLean. Yeah. He's a rock star. He, he, uh, he just today recovered a stolen vehicle. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thank you so much. I'll, I'll let him know. And I was like, actually, uh, I, you know, if it's appropriate, I, I don't know bribery cops things. I'd, I'd like to, like, I don't, I don't want to do something that's not okay. Uh, could I like buy you guys food? Could I, could I send catering or something? And he was like, oh yeah, we, we'd love that. Uh, you know, bring over whatever. And I was like, okay, great. Like I was thinking Chipotle is, is that something people like? And he said, he said, oh yeah, we're a bunch of hogs. We'll eat anything. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. Uh, so I ordered Chipotle for, uh, Matthew McLean's entire department. Uh, it was like a uh, 15 person. And the next day, uh, he texted me from his personal cell number. And he was like, hey, thank you so much for the Chipotle. Uh, and I said, thank you. It was, I was amazed to see that was incredible police work. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for all that you do. Uh, you've become a legend in my family. And he replied, LOL, uh, I'm glad I could help. So that's that's my segment of two doors <laughs> my laptop. The answer is it's safely back in my hands. And Sarah decided she actually wants it now. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, <laughs> While I would love for this to be a recurring segment, uh, you need to stop doing risky things, man. Right? What if I'm a magnet for crime? Why is this happening to me? I yeah, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I um we we have had not like that at all, but similar experiences with trying to sell anything online. Um, we we I have stopped trying to sell anything online. We do do. Uh, buy nothing groups on Facebook. Um, mm. and those are much better because you're like, I have this thing. You can have it for free as long as you pick it up and people yeah. actually pick it up, which is, which is a big deal actually with free things. A lot of times people won't pick it up when they say they do, yeah, but yeah. they get actually get kicked out of the group if they don't pick it up. Mm. Um, so that is all we do now <laughs> online is like, if we have something to give away for free, we give it away for free. I I've stopped trying to sell things online because of the rampant scams. Um, I like that. Man, you would do crazy. that with a laptop, though. Like it's a, it's a oh no 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 no. This is a new laptop. I no, this is like this. like old broken kids' toys and stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, trying to sell a laptop is harder. If you do it online, maybe you have some more like. It, but but even then, like there's eBay scams, right? Like you talked about. So yeah, yeah I don't know how to sell a laptop. Um. <laughs> just, just stop. Stop doing risky stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> it didn't feel that risky. I'd done it, I'd done it a year ago, and it, it went great. And I had a bunch of cash. And if it was counterfeit money, it was good enough counterfeit money that I was able to pay other people with it. Um, yeah, but I, I've just been thinking through, like, what what would I want to be doing differently? And uh, my, my sisters have had different advice of like, ah, you, you got to take the cash first. But I'd like to do it in a way where like, I would also feel comfortable being the buyer. Like if I'm mm-hmm. going to someone's yeah. car and they want me to hand them the cash first before they give me the laptop, I'm like, okay, well, this guy's clearly going to take my cash and run. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what that interaction is supposed to look like. Yeah, there, there is, I have seen, so you did it at 7-Eleven, which is good. They have cameras, but at both police uh, stations and post offices, I've seen cameras with a, you know, like internet, like, like a specific sign. That's like, this place is for, you know, buying and selling things on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It is recorded 24 seven, you know, and there's government officials, you know, 10 steps that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So you could try to find some of those in your area. Maybe. I like that. Cause I think if I had introduced, I, th- I think for someone who's honest saying, I'd like to do this transaction in the parking lot of a police station is reassuring. Right. And I think for someone trying to pay with 17 counterfeit bills, which is a misdemeanor, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, they would get scared off. So I think that's exactly what I would want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll try that next time. Also, I would expect someone to haggle on $1,700. And so the fact that he didn't haggle at all was, uh, probably tip yeah. off. Yeah. Which I was yeah. thinking was like, ooh, lucky day for me. <laughs> I yep. uh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, haggling is like a a green flag and not uh, inconvenient. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to get good at this because, like, I, one of the reasons I felt really comfortable buying this new laptop is having just had the experience of selling my old laptop and having it go so smoothly. If If I can figure this problem out... I'd like to know that I have an easy way to get rid of old and still very valuable electronics so I can stay on the cutting edge of things. Like, you know, when the Cybertruck comes out, I'd like to feel comfortable selling that in a private transaction in a way that both of us feel comfortable and not that someone's trying to hand me a briefcase full of (laughs) big money. (laughs) Like, yeah, uh, yeah. The other thing people do frequently for Facebook things is like he may have shown. I, I, what I thought you were going to say is he would have shown up with like nine hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I got nine hundred bucks, take it or leave it." Yeah, because like, yeah. you drove all the way out there, and yeah, you, know, yeah. you know whatever. They, people do that all the time, and so even if you good good at it, probably half your your conversations are going to go about that way. Like they'll show up yeah. with about half the money and be like, ah, "I got it, take it or leave yeah, it." Gross. Yeah, gross. I've done that trick with other people. <laughs> <laughs> gross I, uh, I, I know I, I bought a moped and uh it wasn't half the money it was like i asked if he would take 200 dollars off and he was like fine uh uh yeah yeah that makes sense uh and like realistically if he if he had tried to haggle for a hundred dollars off i don't know with him in particular i was feeling like because he didn't try to haggle online i'm, I'm gonna hold this price pretty firm but like yeah i don't I don't need to accept seventeen hundred dollars for it. I'd, I'd be happy with like you know twelve hundred. Um, yeah, which is why the trick works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah all right, <laughs> that's my story. Hopefully, I will not have another update for you on how someone has committed a crime against me. <laughs> Palm number five is before you sell anything, talk to me first. <laughs> you sound like my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> 
Chris, that's all I got. That's all I got, too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.